We are just days away from the big heavyweight title clash. The Gypsy King Tyson Fury defends his WBC and his Ring Magazine Heavyweight Championship of the World against the bronze bomber Deontay Wilder. We'll be asking the question, is it going to be repeat or revenge? Will the landscape of the heavyweight division change once again? And is this arguably the greatest rivalry in the 21st century of the heavyweight division? Also on that night, there's a huge domestic clash in what is being dubbed as the Battle of Liverpool, as both local boys, Liam Smith and Anthony Fowler, take on each other in what promises to be a true British domestic bust-up. This is Lights Out. I am Fessel Khan, and this is Podcast 41 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast, proudly, as of today, sponsored by Spartans Law. Massive shout out to our new sponsors. Delighted to be joined by one of the usual faces, Mr. Mosin Gulshir, aka Ron Jeremy, making his long-awaited return. Um, we had a few contract issues. Ron was being approached by different okay. social media outlets, but in the end, he signed on the dotted line and he's back where he belongs. Ron, how are you doing, my man? You can compare it to Ronaldo coming back to United. This is this is what it's like here. <laughs> well, I want to be back, man. I've missed it. Yeah, well, let's talk listen, boxing, man. Oh look, I mean, I wouldn't really go that far comparing your return to like Ronaldo's. I mean, like especially since he's returned, Manchester United haven't really been as great. But you know what, though, right? I mean, let, listen, all jokes aside, okay, I'm not going to rip into my night any longer, okay? I have not been this excited about a weekend of boxing since David Moyes took over as my United manager. Like, literally, the tension in America right now, Las Vegas, Nevada, is you can cut it with a knife. But the beauty of this weekend is you've not only got a great heavyweight bust-up to look forward to, you've also got a tremendous domestic clash to look forward to as well. I mean, Liam Smith versus Anthony Fowler, the Battle of Liverpool, two local boys taking on each other at the MS Bank Arena in Liverpool. Honestly, this is going to be such an exciting weekend of sports. Just a shame that's the international break. But listen, beggars can't be choosers. We'll take it. I'm so excited. Um, just want to let everyone out there know if they haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the channel and check us out on all the social media platforms. Um, be sure to check out Ron on his social media platforms. Links are below in the description. And of course, to know more about our new sponsors, uh, check out their website as well for all the um, latest news that you need in terms of legal action. You know, Spartan, Spartan Laws, massive shout out to them um, becoming our full-time sponsors, honestly, especially with still being in some sort of a pandemic for them to come through and offer their services. That means a hell of a lot to us and we'll be looking forward to working with them in the new f near future need to stop babbling on now because with every other po podcast we'd like to start off with a quick fire question and today's quick fire question is what is your favorite boxing trilogy of all time well we're getting a trilogy this saturday night hopefully it's going to deliver hopefully it's going to be full of fireworks drama maybe a bit of heartache you know maybe there's a shock up in the air who knows what could happen um me personally I'm going to have to say my favourite trilogy of all time. And Ron, if you know me like you say you do, you know what my favourite trilogy of is all time. I mean, you've watched it numerous times. 
It's definitely Mickey Ward versus Arturo Gatti. Do not even ask me which one out of the three is my favourite. They're all just as good as each other. Round nine out of the first one, though, is the round I can watch over and over again. Brilliant fight. Two fighters that turned up, put it all out on the line, gave absolutely everything. It was a true... It was just an absolute barn fest. And honestly, I can watch those fights over and over again. Ron, what's your favourite trilogy of all time, mate? Um, going to go old school. Uh, Manny Pacquiao versus um, uh, Eric Morales. Love that. Love, uh, love that when Pacquiao was... Some, some considered him as the executioner. And when he was going through all the Mexico's finest boxers, um, you know, all those fights fought at 130. Um, brilliant, brilliant fight, exciting fights, really fast pace. And it was fought with heart. Um, and, you know, and Pacquiao would look like the more smaller guy, but he came through. And, you know, that's when he was kind of building his name. And, you know, and, uh, you know, sadly, he's uh, the eight time, you know, eight world champion. Yeah, he was recently retired, so he's been a, he's been a great servant to the sport. So yeah, definitely that's one of them up there for me. Uh, do you know what it is, Ron? Right with trilogies, yeah. I mean, mm. we've we've seen a lot in in our time. You know, Ali Frazier as well, as you just mentioned, the one that you've just spoken about. I think with a trilogy, right, what really sells is how good the actual fights are, and uh, why I choose Ward versus Gatti is because. They were just wars. They weren't boxing matches. They were just two fighters just beating the living crap out of each other. That mm. is another reason why I really enjoyed those trilogies. But listen, we've got a trilogy fight on Saturday night, which we're going to talk a little bit about later on, because we've got to talk about the Battle of Liverpool. Liam Smith versus Anthony Fowler this Saturday night at the MS Bank Arena in Liverpool, um, streaming live on The Zone. Uh, for those of you who have already subscribed to it, i.e. like myself, it's going to be an entertaining show. You've got three good fights in this £154 division. Uh, you've also got uh, Solomon Dakers, world champion Shannon Courtney defending her title, the debut of Peter McGrail, and, of course, you've got Natasha Jonas as well. Um, it's a great, great card to look forward to. And then also you've got the BT Sport card where you've got a good British title fight as well, and you've got Callum Johnson who's looking to try and get back onto the world scene as well. So there's so much to literally look forward to on this Saturday night. And I just feel as if got one show with the zone, one with uh, BT Sport, and then you've got, you know, it's kind of like a nice small appetizer until you get the actual main event itself. But we've got to start off by talking about the Battle of Liverpool. Um, who needs this one more? Liam Smith lost his last fight. Anthony Fowler sort of stepped up in the past level and obviously never came through when he took on uh, Scott Fitzgerald, which was an absolute barn fest of a fight. When you look at this fight, Ron, who do you think needs this one more? Uh, simple. I'm going to go with Liam Smith. Um, you know, he's got, he's at that stage of his career where, you know, he's come up against top level fighters and it's just not, you know, you know, it's been his night. So, you know, if we look at his defeats, he's lost against uh, Kubanov uh, in, um, what is it, in May this year. So that was a, a you know, unanimous decision. He's lost against uh, Jamie Mongoya. And he's lost against Saul Canelo Alvarez. So no you know, shame no, in losing to Canelo, no, Ron. I mean, uh, I mean, he's got something in common with his brothers as well. Um, but no shame, absolutely, with those three defeats on his record. Another defeat. You know, where does he go from there? I mean, he proudly says that you know he's not going to lose to a British level fighter. You know, he considers himself with, within the elite. You know, and he's you know he's a top 
he's a top uh, you know, professional. I was just watching his fight against um, um, oh, what was his name, Liam Williams. That was a good watch. You know, the, you know that was a the two fights there. And that, the first fight got stopped because of a um, uh, cut, um, and you know, and he came through winning that fight. But if I can't, you know, if he if he loses this, and where does he go from there? You know, he's at 33 years of age. You know, another defeat. Then he's kind of two steps backwards, and you know, and you know, is he going to be? Is he happy to fight? You know, he's not going to get title fights any soon. Mm-hmm. But I see Fowler kind of—he's at that point in his career where he's ready to make that step up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's only lost once in his career, and that was to Scott Fitzgerald. You know, that could have gone either way if it wasn't that for that tenth round knock, knock knockdown. Uh, but since then, he's come on really well, and you know, and he's so for me, it's gonna—it's Anthony Fowler. You know, he's got to mm-hmm. put his—you know—put his, you know, put his uh, best foot forward and. And move on from it. This is could be his platform, you know, to start his career. I think what we've got to do is we have to give a bit of credit to Liam Smith for even taking this fight. I mean, you know, when you've become world champion, you've defended your world title on numerous occasions. You fought great fighters like like Canelo um, to even consider. And this is no disrespect to Anthony Fowler, but to even consider coming down a level to fight a guy that, who for me, is still probably at British slash. European level says a lot about yeah. Liam Smith and yeah. one thing that I mean I know it's obviously been dubbed as the battle of Liverpool but you can't knock what Eddie Hearn's done making this fight like I remember how it come about there was um, I think it was Eddie uh, Anthony Fowler excuse me that did an interview with um, with one of the boxing outlets and they asked him about the fight with Liam Smith and he said it's a fight I'd welcome He's, he respects Liam Smith and then I think two days later I believe it was on um fight camp week one of this year, it was announced. So credit to Eddie Hearn for getting it on and credit to Liam Smith for taking that and credit to Anthony Fowler for stepping up. This is a massive step up. Um, but I think Anthony Fowler might have found this fight at the right time. Liam Smith is yep. 33 years old. Uh, so, yeah, Liam Smith is 33 years old. He's coming off the back of a loss in his last fight. Anthony Fowler's, you know, sort of rebuilt since that loss to Scott Fitzgerald. However... Question marks are over um, Anthony Fowler right now because they do mention that fight with Scott Fitzgerald. You know, they mentioned the the late knockdown and that sort of experience he's got in big fights. But as I said, he's rebuilt and he's getting in there with, for me, the best domestic fighter in that division. I say that, but if Kelbrook considers himself as a one-five-four fighter, then I probably put Kelbrook ahead of Liam Smith. But this is a very experienced fighter. This is a guy that's fought all over the world against some of the best. He's a former world champion. This isn't Scott Fitzgerald. You know, I do feel as if if Liam Smith catches Anthony Fowler, he'll completely finish him on Saturday night. But maybe, just maybe, Scott um, Anthony Fowler's got this fight at the right time. Um, does a f- defeat on Saturday night end Liam Smith's career? I don't think it does because you've got so many good potential fights to make in this division. One fight I still really like. Well, in this which division. level or world level? Which level are you talking about? Well, um, you know what, Ron? When you look at one five four, when you look at the world champions, you know you got Brian Castani, you got one of the Charlo brothers. Um, is there anyone that really, really stands out and that makes you think Liam Smith is not capable of beating? I mean. Munguia was tipped to stay at one five four, and he's sort of campaigning at one sixty now. Um, you know, it's 
Liam Smith's not far off another opportunity for a world title if he wins on Saturday night. I, don't, I, don't, but, I think I disagree. I think, you know, he needs to win this fight to put his name, you know, back in up there with the world level fighters. Mm -hmm. Um and I totally agree with the point that you're making that it was a big call for him to accept this fight from a younger man who's kind of on the upward trajectory in his career. So let's see. I mean, I hope because the Smith brothers, what a boxing legend, you know, brilliant kind of family, you know, to have in boxing. And, you know, we, we know what Cam Smith's doing. But I hope he can do something, you know, on Saturday night. But my money, if I had to put it on, it'll be on Flowler. Well, I mean, listen, Ron, obviously, um, you know, it's your opinion, you're entitled to it, and I can see why you're going for Anthony Fowler. But me, I've got to go with a more experienced man than Liam Smith. As as I said, he's he's been all over the world. He's fought some of the best fighters around his weight class. Me, personally, I would have welcomed a fight with Cal Brook at this weight. I believe when Cal Brook, um, before his last fight against Terence Crawford, I think he's against Michael Zitfara. He's campaigned at 154. I mean... Yeah, but... Listen, I put, look, my point is I personally would have liked to have seen Kel Brook fight Liam Smith at 154 after he beat Michael Ziafara, but he gets offered a world title shot against Terence Crawford. We know which fight he's going to take. Kel Brook's a proud man. He wanted to become a two-time world champion. It never happened. But listen, kudos to him for trying. But I still think this fight between Fowler and Smith, I'm going to go with the experience. And I do believe if um, Liam Smith loses on Saturday night, I don't think that's the end of him. Because this, in terms of domestic-wise, this is a great division. There's so many good fights out there to be made. But one thing I wouldn't want to see from Liam Smith if he loses on Saturday night, it just becomes sort of a name for other fighters to get on their record. You know, because you don't want to see that. Especially with a guy like Liam Smith. And not only just Liam Smith, you mentioned what his family have done for boxing. You know, how long they've been in the game. You've got his brother Callum that's doing brilliant things for boxing right now. Then you've got Paul who's been around for a long time. You've got the younger brother as well, so... You know, just just out of respect for the family, you know, if he does lose on Saturday night, I don't want to see him become a name for somebody's CV, if you know what I mean. But listen, great division, great fight. Let's get a final prediction. I think Liam Smith wins this one on points. I think the the experience he has, I think the fact that he's a former world champion, that he's fought great fighters, I, I just see him having the edge over Anthony Fowler. You say Fowler wins on Saturday night. How does Anthony Fowler win on Saturday night? I think in points. Um... I think the way Liam Smith fights, he's a come-forward fighter. He kind of walks through punches, and I think he might take far too many, and I think that might favour the judges. Um, you know, watching that Williams fight, you know, when Williams was fighting at range, it was a lot better for him. So I, I just see Fowler winning on points. Um, it's going to be a tough, grueling fight. Yeah, that's my prediction. Well, listen... That's to kickstart the night. And obviously, there's some great undercard action, including Kieran Conway versus JJ Metcalf. And uh, that is another brilliant fight. Kieran Conway, I've always dubbed him as a guy that's just taken on any challenge in that division. He's the type of... For me, I, I know Kieran quite well. And if you look at his CV, you know, he's uh, he had that brilliant fight with Ted Cheeseman. There was that, you know, that defeat to uh, Suleiman Sissoko on the Billy Joe Saunders Canelo undercard. But... He looked back at that fight. It wasn't a good performance from Kieran Conway, and he's told us that himself, but he still managed to put down Solomon Sissoko as well. It, you know, I'm a big fan of Kieran Conway. Um, I've managed to spend some time up at the gym in Northampton as well with his father, James, and the other boys down there at the shoebox boxing gym. But this is a good fight for him on Saturday night. JJ Metcalf's a good fighter. 
Mm. Uh, was involved in a good fight against Ted Cheeseman. I've seen uh, JJ Metcalf fight as well. But this is a fight that I believe Kieran Conway has to win. You know, you can't be affording two defeats in a row, especially when the mm. division's action-packed like this as well. But what I mentioned before is about Kieran Conway being the man that takes on any challenge thrown to him. You know, we I kind of have to sort of, you know, um, put this in the same bracket with Huey Fury. When people talk to me about Huey Fury and they say, yeah, he's lost three fights. But look at who he's lost to, though. He's lost to Pulev, Povetkin, and he's lost to Joseph Parker. Mm. You know, all three of, two of them, I believe, are former world champions. And they've all fought for world titles and they've all got good amateur background. And can I add, he's not been knocked, he's not been dropped, exactly. he's not been knocked out, he's lost on points. So, exactly. So a when, lot of respect for Huey Fury. It's just when you yeah. when you speak when you when you listen to a, a Peter Fury, uh Huey's old man, do an interview, when he talks about those defeats, he goes, Let's not look at the fact that he's lost those fights. Let's look at the fact that he's still twenty six years, twenty seven years old, and he's fought on those three fighters. That does wonders for his experience throughout the rest of his career. And I believe the defeats to uh, Suleiman Sissoko, and I believe that draw with Ted Cheeseman is going to make Kieran Conway a better fighter. And we've done a podcast, I think it's podcast 39, when Kieran, his old man, and Ethan James uh, came on. And um, Kieran goes about his performance against uh, Suleiman Sissoko, and he goes, that wasn't me at my best. But he still managed to put Suleiman Sissoko down. So can you imagine what this kid's going to be like when he is at his best? He's a good fighter, he's a hard worker, he's dedicated, but JJ Metcalf's a very experienced fight, a fighter as well. This is a tough fight on Saturday night. Um, how important is it for Kieran Conway to win, but also what does JJ Metcalf need to do to bounce back after that defeat to Ted Cheeseman? Uh, well, he's, like you said, he's, I mean, you don't want two defeats in a row because it really kind of sets you really back. But, um, but all credit to Kieran and his team for taking that fight. Uh, you know, you did go over to the US uh, under that B- Billy Joe Saunders, um, under, you know, undercard and he fought that and, you know, he didn't get the decision, didn't go his way. But that would have given him a lot of experience, um, get, you know, gave him rounds under his belt against a good opera, operator in Sissoko. Uh, James Metcalf, he's, you know, he's no mug either. You know, he's 20, he's 21 and one. You know, he's only got the one defeat on his record, as you mentioned, against uh, Big Ted Cheeseman. Uh, so it's a, it's a cracking fight. Uh, you know, I'm going to be a, just a boxing fan and just enjoy it for what it is with two, you know, two, you got one, you know, James Metcalf was at 33 years of age, you know, and, but you got to remember that Kieran Conroy is 25. So mm-hmm. could age play a factor in here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or Kieran Conway, you know, obviously he's uh, been with the with the with the, with us on the channel before. I hope he does come through, and uh, you know, and that kind of gives him that platform to kind of really go for the bigger fights in the future. It's a big fight. It's definitely it's a fight I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be fight of the night, and that says a lot because you look at some of the fights you got on that card, especially the main event itself. But this it, is a fight I'm looking forward to. Let's talk uh, final outcome. I believe Kieran Conway stops him. Kieran Conway said in many of his interviews that he's going to stop JJ Metcalf. I think he's going to have too much for JJ Metcalf. And I believe what you said as well about age being a factor. I think the age is going to catch up with JJ Metcalf. I think Kieran Conway, because he needs to win, if he is to sort of stay in, going to that next record, level, yeah. I, believe he do, I believe he does get the win on Saturday and I believe he does inside the distance. How does the fight in for you, Ron? Agreed. Agreed. I think that last fight... 
gave him probably done him work more good than harm. So hopefully that will benefit him. That will kind of I'll side with him a little bit more. Mm. Talk about another fight on that card in the same division for the British Super Welterweight title. Ted Cheeseman defends his title against uh, a Queensbury Frank Warren fighter, Troy Williamson. Not every day you get Eddie Hearn fighters fighting um, Frank Warren fighters. So listen, it's something we'll definitely look to embrace. A great fight. Ted Cheeseman, a fighter that's sort of rebuilding as well. He's now the British champion. Um, a tremendous knockout win over JJ Metcalf on that Dillian White, um, Alexander Povetkin two on the card all the way at Gibraltar. This is another absolute true British dust-up. And I kind of feel like the limelight is on Troy Williamson here because obviously this is a major step up for him. Um, there was talks about a fight with Hamza Shiraz as well. That kind of fell through. I believe the pandemic had a part to play in it. I look at that fight, I just think it's definitely a fight you don't want to be doing behind closed doors. It's a fight that you need fans with. But credit to Troy Williamson. He's got himself in this position. He is the number one mandated challenger for this British title. Um, as I mentioned, he is a Frank Warren fighter. So he is kind of like the away fighter. Ted Cheeseman's the defending champion. Surely a knockout is how Troy Williamson wins this fight. Do you fear for him if this goes to the distance run? It could be. Um, and, uh, and defeat could really set him back in his career at the moment with Cheeseman. And, you know, He's built himself up in the last two fights. You know, like you said, he won that by knockout when he beat uh, JJ, uh, James Metcalf and he beat Sam Eggington as well. So that we can't forget that. Um, you know, he lost against Scott Fitzgerald. But other than that, you know, you think, at, you know, at this point in his career, you, you want him to really kind of kick on. Um, so this will be another. I mean, Troy Williams. I don't know much about Troy Williamson actually. So you know, knowing of his record, undefeated, he's only got just the one draw on his. Um, so I'm, 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 you know, excited by this fight. Mm. Uh, you've got one who Ted Cheeseman's been with the better fighters. Uh, that's the only comparison I can make with the, out of the two. Mm. I've seen a few clips of both fighters as well. So. Um, but you you reckon it's a, it's going to be a knockout? It has to be a knockout win. I mean, way I, unless he unless he batters him for twelve rounds and it's obviously so evidently in front of your eyes that Troy Williamson's won won that fight. Yeah. I don't really like his chances if it goes to points with him being an away fighter and especially with him being a Frank Warren fight and with how boxing's panned out as of late in yeah. terms of these dodgy, these dodgy decisions as well. But I hope he, not. I hope but, not. Yeah. You know what, though, right? Mm. Well, I was speaking to someone about this the other day on social media. I'm a guy that was kind enough to reply to one of our posts that I put up on our Instagram story. And he goes, oh, but, you know, um, he's um, Troy Williamson. There's no way he wins that fight. And um, Listen, I'm a, I'm a Ted Cheeseman fan. I think he's got a lot of heart. But I think Ted Cheeseman takes a lot of punches as well. You know, I think he, he gets hit a lot in his fights. You know, he was taking a lot of punches in that fight with JJ Metcalf, you know, so... There is a chance for Troy Williamson. I don't. I don't see Ted Cheeseman out boxing him. I just believe this one five four domestic division. It's just going to come down to grit and determination. And this fight between Cheeseman and Williamson is going to be exactly like the other two one five four fights. It's just going to be barn fests. But I've got a lot of respect for Ted Cheeseman because he's had to rebuild as well. He's had a few losses on his career. He's beaten good fighters. But he never shies away from a good challenge. So to take on an undefeated fighter, especially a Frank Warren fighter as well, 
It says a lot about him. I think it's it's it's, it's a cracking fight. It's it's a brilliant card all night, mm. man. You you have to give credit to to Eddie Hearn. You know he does put on some brilliant shows. <laughs> and I'm not knocking anybody else, but the guy is the best man in the business. I mean, you got three great domestic clashes. Um, you know, yeah. in the one five four division, you've got a world title fight as well, Shannon Courtney, Natasha Jonas back in the ring, and you've got the you know the debut of uh, Great Britain Olympian, former Olympian Pete McGrail. I mean, in terms of this fight. I think Troy Williamson's gonna knock him out. I can see Troy Williamson stopping him. Right. Your thoughts, Ron? Who wins? I'm gonna go for Cheeseman points. No. Well, we'll have to. I just to think see. just because of the level of fighters that Cheeseman's fought, um, I think that will stand him in put him in good stead in this fight. Um, but I do take on your point that he does take eat, eat a lot of punches. So hopefully he's reflected on his previous fights, even the fights that he's won convincingly that he can't be doing that at this level. Because this is an undefeated fighter. Um, and, you know, this could be, this could make Troy Williamson, you know, a household name if he wins mm -hmm. this. Because Cheeseman's names that has been on the scene for quite some time now. Um, but let's, let's, you know, let's remember, Cheeseman is the younger man here as well. So could that be a factor? Probably not, but... Just based on experience, I'll, I'll go with Cheeseman. It's going to be a great, great card to kickstart the night. And then obviously, if that's not really, you know, doing it for you, you can always switch, switch over to BT Sport. I'm going to have one on my TV, one on my laptop. I'm not complaining <laughs> either way. I'm just It's going to be a bit of a headache handling the social media accounts. But listen, it's something I'm quite used to anyway. And of course, guys, if you haven't already, make sure you check out our social medias, uh, the platforms. The links are below in the description. Let's move on. It's time to discuss the big one, the main event, the trilogy fight, Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, the WBC ring magazine and lineal heavyweight champion of the world, taking on the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. Ron, does this saga finally end on Saturday night? Um, I bloody hope so. <laughs> it's bloody <laughs> been longed out as far, you know, as so for long, you know, it's just get it done and dusted with. Um, but, you know, what have we got to look forward to? You know, because Joshua and Fury are not getting in the ring anytime soon after that last uh, last match, you know, because they, they've got that, you know, Usyk and uh, Joshua's got that thing. But back to your question, hope so. <laughs> this is it. You know, as long as there's no COVID slip-ups, everyone does wearing their masks and gets their double jabs. They get to turn up on that ring. As long as Buddy Wilder doesn't wear doesn't wear a too much of a heavy costume like he did last time. No excuses. <laughs> no towels coming in. You know, just let's just get it on, man. That's it. It's been we've been waiting far too long for this. It's ridiculous. We've got a comment here from uh, the boxing lover, one of our best followers. Uh, <laughs> half years. Let's go, Fury. Favorite trilogy of all time: Ali versus. Frazier. Well, listen, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad shout. All right, look, we, we've got to talk main event now. Um, I'm nervous, uh, but I'm excited as well. I, I've always said throughout these last couple of months, this is the most dangerous fight out of the two, i.e. Joshua Usyk, Fury versus Wilder, because whatever you think about the bronze bomber, you know, the Alabama slammer, you know, the self-proclaimed Baptist, whatever the guy likes to call himself, he's got... There have been more nicknames than God knows, but 
he still possesses that that ferocious right hand punching power and all this guy needs is half a second to completely finish you off but having said that on the other hand you got the gypsy king you got tyson fury the undefeated wbc ring magazine lineal heavyweight champion of the world who's tasted two of those right hands and he's still come through the other side of it and then what happens in the next fight he does the unthinkable he was saying it throughout media week i'm going to knock Deontay wilder out i'm going to come in leaner i'm going to come in heavier I'm going to fight on, the front, fight on the front foot. We're thinking, no, 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 no. You leave yourself too open. You know, it's going to be easy for Wilder if you try knock him out. You're going to be too open. You know, you're going to get hit on the counter. And he makes Wilder look so amateurish. This fight, there's so many question marks hanging over it. I don't know how it's going to end. You know, Fury might knock him out again. Fury might outbox him again. Wilder might knock him out. Wilder could potentially get bad for 12 rounds. And the last yeah. second of the 12th round, he could hit Fury in this game over. I mean, this is the most dangerous fight in Tyson Fury's career for me. Bar none. This third fight is more dangerous than the second and the first. Does the trilogy, does this saga end on Saturday night? Hope, let's hope yeah, so. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, let's hope so. But look, look, Deontay Wilder wins on Saturday night. It could be a fourth fight. You don't know what's going to happen in the, in yeah, the future. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that would be interesting if he has a rematch clause in it. Um <laughs> Uh, but well, this is it. Nobody's asked the question, you know. Coogan Cassis, whoever was that. I mean, nobody's even considered that as a option that could happen. Everybody well, has written off all the boxing experts. Um, because look at those two look at this look at those two fights. Um, he's out completely outboxed. Mm -hmm. You know, he had no clue. You're right, he made him look amateurish, he made him, you know, negated his strengths. You know, his is the you know absolute ferocious power that he throws. But then you said about for twelve rounds he gets completely outboxed, and all it takes is that little slip, you know, slip of a concentration, and bang, your lights are out. Luis Ortiz, I mean, remember me and you watched that together, and we were like, yeah, this, he's he's gonna have to taste the first L on his record, and boom, you know, it was game over. Mm -hmm. And you're right, Tyson Fury has taken two of those heavy hands and gotten up. But, you know, we all, we're well aware that he's, Deontay Wilder's completely changed it up now with the new, uh, new team in place. He's working with a former opponent in Malik Scott. How's that going to look? How's he going to look as a fighter? We don't know. Because what I would have liked if I was... A Deontay Wilder's team. I would have liked to have him have a fight with a new trainer in place, just to see is this working? Can we put you know? Can we put this into practice? All you've seen is you know, as as a fan, you obviously we're not going to see full sparring sessions, but we've seen snippets of them working on combinations uh, with the pads. But it would be good to kind of see it, you know, maybe taking on a a bit of a tune-up fight. Because they both have been inactive for what is it 18 months since they last fought? 18, 20 months, yeah. 18, 20 months. And so they're both on level terms in that regard. So they haven't fought each other fought since they fought each other. So Tyson Fury's been out of the ring for a, a long period of time as well. So that's what makes it even that's another factor that we you know we must consider. We you know we've seen there's been a lot of talking, a lot of fanfare. But let's let's not forget they've been out they've been away from boxing or out of the ring for 18 months plus. 
Mm-hmm. Well, do you think that would be a factor? Would, I just want, well, I want to go back to um, obviously what I was saying about the contract situation and if there's a rematch. I hope the likes of Coogan Cassius and the boxing social guys, massive shout out to them all working ever so hard to provide great boxing content for fans like us. I hope they asked that question to Frank Warren or Bob Arum. Is there a rematch in clause if Tyson Fury does lose? I just want to read a quick comment out from the 1892 Reds podcast. Fury to win on points in this fight for me. Listen, it could happen. It could possibly happen. You never, never know with this heavyweight division. Um, and uh, obviously, massive shout out to the 892 Reds podcast for sending a comment through. Back to your question. It's just one of those where um, a prediction is just so hard to come by. I mean, on one hand, you've got Tyson Fury. We know he's capable of beating him in two ways. You can box him on the outside, you can box him on the inside. Deontay Wilder's main kryptonite we saw him deliver that twice and it still wasn't good enough to put down a Tyson Fury that should not even have been in the, in the ring with him in the, in the first place. You know, you look back at the first fight, Tyson Fury come in way overweight. He had two warm-up fights, which were just... He never really benefited from, Sefri and Francesco Pianetta. Mm. They go into that first fight, you think he's been out of the ring for so long. Deontay Wilder has been yeah. knocking everybody out in the yeah. front centre. And it was almost like a sparring session. You know, Deontay Wilder had two good moments in the fight. That's what kept his belts around his waist that night. Second fight, Tyson Fury gets rid of Ben Davison. He brings in a, back, a new backroom staff. He brings in, you know, Emmanuel Stewart's nephew. Uh, Emmanuel Stewart's nephew. They completely change the game plan. And they just bully Deontay Wilder. So that, for me, goes to show that Tyson Fury is capable of adapting. Deontay Wilder... He's had he's got the get out of jail card, but I from all the Deontay Wilder fights we've watched, right? And this is going back to the two Luis Ortiz fights, the second fight with Vermaine Stavern. The, the two Luis Ortiz fights, he's losing on points for me, and he just ends up finishing the fight because of that right hand. You know, the the Bermain Stavern, the first one, it was an absolute bore. But the second fight, it stops him because of the right hand. The the What's the last guy's name? Dominic Brazil. You know, he stops him with the right hand. You look back at the Luis Ortiz fight, the second fight. He's lost every single round. He's not done nothing. Mm. How does he win that fight? What a coincidence. He lands the right hand. I can't see Deontay Wilder doing anything other than landing a right hand to win this fight on Saturday night. There's no... Let, let me finish. There's no way no, he no, outboxes... Thing, yeah. There's no way he outboxes Tyson Fury on Saturday night. There's no way that Tyson Fury picks up. The only way he wins this fight on Saturday night if Tyson Fury loses concentration for one second. And that is possible. You're in there for 12 rounds, right? You're in there for 36 minutes. It is very easy to lose concentration, especially when you're fighting a guy like Deontay Wilder. So what can Wilder do to change? He can't box. He's got poor footwork. His head movement is atrocious. I've never seen him land a basic jab. There's only one way he knocks Tyson Fury out if Tyson Fury lets him. There's no other way Deontay Wilder can win this fight. I mean, if if you look at a game plan, what, what, what's Malik's game plan? Uh, what's Malik Scott's game plan going into this fight on Saturday night? Well, I mean, Malik Scott saying that they everyone's uh, underestimating uh, Wilder's boxing IQ. Um, and they, you know, he's worked with him over a long period of time because he's not the same big dumb guy who just throws the right hand. There is a method to his madness. So 
he must be doing something. He must be seeing something on a daily basis to suggest that there could be a different outcome. Everything that you have said, I totally agree with. He doesn't beat him by boxing uh, because he looked completely clueless in both fights. Um, he doesn't, you know, he's got terrible footwork, but that's because, you know, he was totally reliant on that right hand, as you said, throughout his whole career. I mean, what was it? How many straight knockouts in his whole career that he had? It is 39. 39. So that's impressive. You can't knock that. You cannot dismiss that. Uh, That Luis Ortiz fight, you thought, oh my God, you know, Luis Ortiz is going to be a heavyweight champion at the time. But great fight. Really enjoyed it. Um, You know, good little twist at the end. You know, that that fight against Stiverne, I mean, look, Stiverne and Fury, there's no comparison there between the two fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we, you know, that rematch that he had, you know, he, he had, you know, before he even could get into that ball fest, you know, he wiped him out in the first or second round. I can't remember what it was again. So I'm, I'm struggling to see. I mean, you, you, if you I, see I, I, a way, I, I, what I he does. I can't see anything different. I can't see a guy adapting at his age. I, I just can't see it after 40 fights. You, okay, you know. let, let me ask you a question. Does he, does Wilder, I mean, okay, let's talk about the basics. Does he come in heavier for this fight than he has done in the previous two fights? Ron, throughout his whole career, he's just, he's coming just above the cruiserweight limit. Okay, but no, no, but let's, he's done it twice and it's not worked. So he mm-hmm. has to, if he does the same thing again the third time, then it's foolish. He needs to change it up. Now, what does he do? Does he come up in heavier and try to compete but with a with a you know someone the size of Tyson Fury what is he six seven foot or something stupid like that Tyson Fury's never been never had a body's athlete I mean if you don't believe me go no, back no, to no, his no. press I'm, I'm just thinking in go terms of press the Klitschko, he takes his top off and he goes you lost to a fat man a fat yeah. man beat a so-called heavyweight legend you know I can't see Deontay Wilder piling on pounds of stones these last 20 months it's just never been Deontay Wilder I think look well, he's going to add something to his armory. That's it. You know, the right hand is not enough. So I think that could be something. I'll, I'll be interested to look at what he weighs in at. That, that's my mm-hmm. that's my thing. He cannot come in as light as he was. But saying that, you know, we saw against, you know, Usyk and Joshua. I know there's complete two different fighters. You know, we ran off the, the lighter man. But yet, you know, the lighter man came through. But... Wilder's not got the IQ anywhere near something like uh, you know Usyk, so that's out of the question. Listen, look, I, I can't see anything. I mean, look, I don't even take notice of these one two minute clips on social media. Mm. You know, they just you gain nothing out of putting. A, I mean, obviously they get millions of views because of the, the brilliant following they have on social media. You gain nothing out of punching the mitts or punching the bag and putting it on social media. It shows you literally nothing. The only time you're going to find out if that's paying off is on fight night itself. Now, I think Tyson Fury is the better boxer. I believe he's got he's got his footwork is second to none. He's shown us all he can punch. He's shown us all he's got what it takes to stop Deontay Wilder. When you fight a guy that beats you mentally and physically and has got more than one way of beating you, you have to at some point think in your head, it doesn't matter what I do, I can put three of myself in the ring. There's no way I'm beating this guy. And that is what Deontay Wilder is up against. He's not just up against a guy that's beaten twice. He's up against a guy that, even before the fight, he's beating him. Because Tyson Fury, when it comes to the mind games, 
there's no one better than Tyson Fury. And I've always said it, if Tyson Fury gets in your head before the fight, during fight He's week, living rent-free, isn't he? He's living rent-free. I mean, like, you've seen it in the, in the face-off in the press conference was a couple of months ago. The only while he didn't say anything. Like, he'd been come out of all the excuses. I think he's not going to go down that route because he, he, he went down that route and, you know, obviously, I mean, that probably played a part in his defeat mm -hmm. because he had lost the fight mentally before you stepped in. Obviously, he had lost the fight before, you know, in his ring walk, because obviously with all that heavy attire that he was wearing, that oh, probably geez. was weighing on his mind. No, no, I mean, all seriousness, if that was, was you know, he came up oh, with it God. as an excuse. No, no, I'm just making I'm a point here. He, he came up with an, as, a, as an excuse that the attire was too heavy and he had an impact on my legs. So all these things add up. And then to see someone as, you know, like a boxer like Tyson Fury dance, move like a heavyweight should not move, you know, you're you're beat, you're defeated already. So, mm. and then, but then he beat him at his own game. He, you know, he brought he was a come forward fighter. Fury, we'd never saw that with Fury. Fury's not not been known as a knockout artist throughout his career. You know, he, I would be absolutely shocked if there's anything else other than a Tyson Fury win on Saturday night. Mm. I would be absolutely shocked if Deontay Wilder beats Tyson Fury on Saturday night. I'd be more shocked than Usyk beating Anthony Joshua. I, I'm literally, you know, I, I can't see this guy beating Tyson Fury. You know, for me, for me, it's a foregone conclusion. Tyson Fury beats him, and I think he does it again by bullying him. I mean, another point we spoke about is both fighters haven't fought in 18, 20 months. If the fight was to go the distance, who does it favour? I mean, we, we, that's when obviously, you know, energy, fatigue, training comes into play. Tyson Fury barely had a big fight in three years and he went to bloody LA and he, he outschooled him for 12 rounds. So I don't even think the fight going to 12 rounds is an issue for Tyson Fury. We're talking about a guy that, I mean, Tyson Fury, right, when he describes himself in the first fight, he says, I was overweight. It was like I had wet, soggy tissues on, around my belly. He goes, I should never have been in there with him. I still outboxed him for 12 rounds. So, you know, the, the longer the fight goes on, I think it favours Tyson Fury because even an overweight Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder. But again, the way I mean, Deontay Wilder wins this fight is if Tyson Fury loses concentration for one second. And that I, I think the the fight. what they're banking on, this is what I've read from Malik Scott, he says that is the fight's not going to go past five rounds. I mean, maybe the tactic is there is to swarm him in the first few, uh, early, get him out early. That's that's the only thing I can see. Like I agree with you there totally. Your points with the fight goes longer. Fury's got the you know intellect and the movement to keep him at bay. He'll frustrate him. He'll frustrate him. He'll leave gaps. Um, you know, there's not much a fighter can do. You know, at his at this point in his career where he can change that drastically um, and changes you know his, his style and his approach to fighting. And, and, you know, he's a He's a victim to his own success, to be honest, because he's only fought one way, and that way has been successful for him for the, you know, throughout his whole career, which is to blow out his opponents early, and he, he's never really had to rely on his um, his power. Uh, sorry, his boxing skills. The best fighters run. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. And uh, me and you discuss this all the time when we when we talk boxing. The best fighters are, are able to adapt, are able to adjust the game for the opponents. Tyson Fury's done that. Andy Joshua's done it as well, done it against Parker, done it against Andy Ruiz. 
you know, um, and um, Johnny Wilder's never done it. Okay. Let's get everybody. Quick, quick question. Go on. Usyk and Wilder. Who wins? Uh, Usyk. Okay. Usyk with one arm would beat Deontay Wilder. If you yep. win Tyson Fury, uh, I mean, like, oh, yeah, there you go. That I mean, that's a potential. If you yeah, look, Ron, if you think if you think Tyson Fury technically is too good for Deontay Wilder, imagine what Alexander Usyk would do to Deontay Wilder. A smaller guy. Exactly. And, yeah. So that is the last topic of this podcast. We have to round it up with a prediction. I'm going for Tyson Fury round. Four knockout on Deontay Wilder. What's your prediction, Ron? Fury knockout. I'm hoping goes a little bit longer because you know I am going to stay up at four or five in the morning, so I want to make it worthwhile. So yeah, probably mid to late rounds. You know, so like seven, eight, that kind of that kind of. Well, point. listen, bring it on. I'm just hoping the landscape of this division. But does before not you finish, again. man, I mean. That undercard is really good, actually. Yes, um, yes. There's some really good. I know, I know. Mm. We've got to wrap it up, but you got FA Jagbo versus Frank Sanchez. Great fight. You know, you've got Angel Belanga, the guy Andrew that you Belanga. absolutely cream over. Uh, he's fighting as well. <laughs> um, you've got Helenius versus Kaunaki as well. So it's a great it's a good, fight. It's a good fight. So. Jared Anderson um, as well, another heavyweight that you need to look out for. Jared Anderson, yeah, no, you've talked about that, yeah. So It's a great night of boxing, and it's a night of boxing we're all looking forward to. And, of course, um, we're just currently in the midst as well of building our new studio, so we're going to have a review show the following day, recorded nice and early during the afternoon, and hopefully uploaded by Sunday evening, which hopefully Ron will be appearing on. It's a massive weekend of boxing. Ron, I cannot wait. I am looking forward to this. Gives me a break from laughing at Man United every weekend and dwelling on the fact that Liverpool are just arguably for the best team in the Premier League right about now. But honestly, Ron, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Um, before we go, just sum up how excited you are for the weekend. Bring it on. That's it. That's what I'm going to say. You know, I think we've spoken about, about it long enough. Let's just have it. Bam squad! Looking forward to the press conference and looking forward to the weigh-in as well. But most importantly, looking forward to that final ring walk and the sound of that first bell. Honestly, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the show in Liverpool and also Frank Warren show as well. But that's all we've got time for today on Podcast 41. Thank you very much to those that tuned in. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Check us out on all the social media platforms. Massive shout out to our brand new sponsor, Spartans Law. If you want to know more about them, check out their website. The link is below in the description. I'm Fessel Khan. Delighted to have been joined by Ronald Jeremy, aka Mr. Mosin Gulshir. And thank you to listen to Podcast 41 of the Lights Out Boxing Podcast. <laughs>